Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. Sometimes women are treated like throw pillows. You know, yeah. they're they're nice, but they're not necessary. Oh, yes. And they're pretty to have around yeah. the church. I mean, if, but, you, if yeah. you have one. If you have one. Yeah. But wow. what God is saying in Genesis 2 is this cannot be that mm-hmm. the man would be alone. Mm-hmm. And so that means she's necessary. Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. So when we started speaking for the Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways, I was young. I had only been married 10 years, but I started looking at the material that we were going to teach. And what I was looking at was Genesis 2. And I was at the point where it said, and God made a helper suitable for Adam. And I remember stopping there. Now, remember, I wasn't raised in the church. And so I looked at that and I thought, I have to be a helper. Where's my helper? Why don't I get a helper? And so I was kind of mad about that. I remember you came to me and you're like, okay, you know, you started discussing this. I was only 29. And so then I think I'm just going to look up the word helper in Mm -hmm. the dictionary. I'm not looking up Hebrew. I'm just looking at, let's just see what helper says in the dictionary. And it says a gopher. A person who does the dirty work. Someone important tells them what to do. And I throw my hands up in the air. It's like, I can't teach this. Is this my role as a woman? Is this what I'm supposed Mm. to do? And so that was the beginning of my wrestling and my struggling and my yearning to know what does God have for us as women? Yeah, and obviously, you know, you're looking at a dictionary, and it was the, wasn't even close to what that word actually exactly. means right. when God, you know, wrote that down. So but it was Dave, the beginning I, of a, a journey. Most women, I think so many of yeah. us are wondering, like, what is our role? Mm-hmm. What does God expect and want, and what does he call us? And so I think today is going to be a great day. Oh, yeah, there's a question that's... Uh, critically important for us to understand in the community of Christ, in the church, it's this question, male and female, man, woman, husband, wife, father, mother. And I tell you what, we have in the studio, Eric and Elise Fitzpatrick, Eric Shoemaker in the studio. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You know, we have a unique pairing of, you know, Eric, you're a pastor in Iowa. Elise, you're a prolific author. In your book, Jesus and Gender, the subtitle is Living as Sisters and Brothers in Christ. So... This is a big topic. And I I would start right here. How did you two end up connecting and talking about the worthiness of women? Well, it all started with Twitter. 
where all good things start. <laughs> it started with Twitter? It did. It started with Twitter. I'd been in a season of listening to stories of people who had been marginalized or abused, stories that for a large part of my life I would have just blown off and not listened to. And so as the Me Too movement started, I decided I want to listen to women and hear about what they're experiencing. And then as it moved into church too, I definitely wanted to listen. So I I wrote this string of tweets that were the women in the Bible who were the first human beings to do certain things. And uh, an organization asked me to turn it into an article, which I did. And Elise saw both. And she said, you should turn this into a book. So I said, you should write it with me. (laughs) And a few months later, we were working together on an outline. Yeah, I was kind of in the same place he was. Not that I needed to all of a sudden discover the value of women, but I think that I was listening more carefully to women's stories, to marginalize people's stories, and so I was already primed to want to do something about that topic, and then when I saw that Eric was doing those that series of tweets which really became the foundation for the book that we wrote, I thought, oh, this is really great. This is something I wanted to speak into. So that's the genesis of Worthy. I've been reading through your your book, Jesus and Gender, for a week now. And then last night we're sitting down to prepare for this day. And I'm thinking, man, it's so interesting that God is using Erica, he, mm-hmm. and Elisa, she, mm-hmm. to elevate all the she's in the world to understand their worthiness. And mm-hmm. so every once in a while, you know, I get this song in my head and I feel like God sort of gave me one for you too. <laughs> so he wrote you a song, basically. Wow. wow. And he seems to do this when, Eric, you lead worship and you write yes. music. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've actually heard that you write parodies and I sort of do. fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I thought, I thought that's what this was going to be. We've never been serenaded before. What? You no, have this it? is wonderful. No. no. Oh. Well, here's the thing. Well, we should wait uh, till afterwards to say whether it's wonderful. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you will have to say if it's worthy. <laughs> but uh, Family Life will decide if they even keep this in the broadcast. So this is like an audition because I don't really sing. But uh, uh, do you have your words? So, you know, just again, last night sitting there, this is what came to me. And it's not funny. It ended up being more serious because I think what you're doing is powerfully elevating the dignity of women. So this is sort of what happened. Eric and Elise have been called by God. He and the she bringing dignity to the she's. They are revealing God's heart for she. They are freeing all she's to feel worthy. I hear you, 
feel worthy. We need to get that for our podcast. Yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're Thank being you. just yeah. patronizing. Yeah. No, no. No, that was wonderful. No, I mean, Thank honestly, you. as I sat there with my guitar last night, I thought, I'm going fun. I'm going to be like, I'm going to call Eric the woman guy, you know, and <laughs> yes, do a little parody guy. on yeah. that. But I felt like you two are... Like a gift to yeah. the church, especially for the mm. she's, the women of the world mm. that often have felt devalued mm-hmm. and lost their dignity in the body of Christ. And I love what you've done because mm. you've said we need to bring the gospel to this mm. conversation. Yes. And I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm guessing right, you feel like that's sort of been missing? Yeah, yeah very much so. In the discussions of gender and what roles women should play, men should play. The topic that's been missing is the gospel, in particular, the incarnation. Mm. So when you start at Genesis, which is fine, talking about how men and women should relate, that's fine. But then if you start at Genesis and then don't remember Philippians 2, hmm. you're going to miss something. So I'd like to read just a short passage oh, yeah, from Philippians 2, 5, and I'll just read 5 through 9. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Hmm. There's the imperative. There's the command. Hmm. We are to have this attitude. And what we wanted to do in Jesus and gender We want to bring this attitude into our relationships as sisters and brothers. So what's the attitude? (laughs) Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Christ had preeminent authority, (laughs) but perhaps I have some sort of authority or Eric, you have some sort of authority. I don't want to exploit that authority. So who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, the fullness of God becoming as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So what we wanted to do was say, okay, let's talk about relationships between men and women, but let's base our discussion on what should happen, on how I should think about Eric as my brother how I should think about you as my sister. Let's start that conversation with this. Hmm. I'm going to empty myself Hmm. and take on the attitude of a servant. That's what the gospel Hmm. has to say, I think, Hmm. to gender relations. And instead of that, what does it look like? What do you see? 
Well, what it looks like is people staking out territory on both sides. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the things that we wanted to say in this book was we're not staking out territory on either side. So if you're very, very conservative or if you're more progressive, we're not saying, hey, we're with you. What we're saying is if you're asking the question, who gets to be in charge, wherever you happen to be asking that question from, you've missed the point. Because Jesus over and over and over again to the disciples kept saying to them, it's not about who gets to be the best or who gets to be the highest or who gets to be the ruler or you want to be called a benefactor. No, actually, if you're going to follow me, what you're going to do is you're going to lay down your life and you're going to give it up for the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be the rubric that informs how I think about my relationship with men and women, with mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we think the reason that that's important is that passage she just read from Philippians 2 is Paul's command to both men and women. Have this mind, the mind of Christ. There's not a female mind of Christ and a male mind of Christ. There's one mind of Christ for both. Both men and women are being conformed into the image of Jesus. And in fact, the author of Hebrews says that he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he could be a merciful high priest. And it's not that women go to some different source for a model of who they're supposed to be. Jesus is the perfect human being. And so both men and women can look to him to learn how to live. And when you look through Paul's epistles, there's a few places where he speaks to fathers, to husbands, to wives. But for the most part, his letters are full of commands about what it means to be sanctified. And these are not given to us as male traits and female traits. They're given to us as traits of what Christ is like. And there's not a female way to put on Christ and a male way to put on Christ. We're called to put on Christ. And so we we wanted to start not with Genesis, though Elise said, you know, that's a fine place to start. You read a book from beginning to end, but you understand a book Mm. by reading it from the end back to the beginning. Because once you've reached the end, you know what it's about, and now you interpret everything through that light. And Christ is the end of all things. And so we wanted to start with him in order to understand men and women. And not only that, you know, the gospel The message of Jesus Christ, who doesn't exploit his deity, who takes on the form of a slave, lives a perfect life on our behalf, dies as our substitute under the wrath of God. He serves us, and then he's raised from the dead so that he can justify us and raise us from the dead. From beginning to end, Jesus is a servant. That gospel, that message, is the power of God for salvation. Mm. That message is the only thing that has the power to transform us as men and women to be people who are like Christ. And if we're not starting with the power of God for salvation, what's going to come of it? I think that's a really good place to start because 
I'm just thinking back in my younger years. I'm kind of a strong woman, um, more of a leader. She uh, understated that a little bit. <laughs> She's a very my strong. Mom, and it's one of the things I love about her. My mom was an amazing wife, but if I had to categorize her growing up, I would have said, my mom is a doormat, and my mm-hmm. dad takes advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, I thought, I will never be that. Mm. Then I give my life to Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'm faced with this decision, what will I do? Yeah. And I like this because I am willing to lay my life down mm-hmm. as a woman, mm-hmm. knowing that Jesus has done that. Yes. And that Jesus isn't going to ask anything of me. That wouldn't be good for me. Mm-hmm. And even as a woman listening, have you laid down your life and saying, Jesus, I'm mm-hmm. willing to give you everything mm-hmm. and I'm willing to follow you. And I think as a woman, where if you don't know the word, that can be scary because all of these pictures come into your head of what it means to be a woman of God. Mm-hmm. Am I a doormat? Mm-hmm. Am I someone that can use my gifts of leadership Do or I have a serving? Voice? Do I have a mm. voice? But I like where you've started. Mm. One of the things that I love about what you just said, Anne, is that I want to make a decision to lay down my life. Mm. And one of the things that I think has really been missing in some ways is the understanding that as women, we have agency to freely lay down our lives. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And what that means is not that I become a doormat. What that means is, is that I am doing that from a position of strength. Mm. So from a position of strength, then I say, because Christ has done this for me, I am now free to give my life away. Hmm. So as a woman then, you know, you talked about being a helper mm-hmm. and that definition. Those words in Genesis about being a helper, those are not weak words. Those are powerful, almost militaristic words. Yeah, mm-hmm. that word ezer in mm-hmm. Hebrew, yes, yes. you guys write about that. Explain what that means. Well, it basically means a strong ally, someone who comes alongside you to assist you in an important assignment. Most of the time it's used of God in his relationship to Israel. God is the helper of his people. And so we dare not define that word to mean subservient, weak, optional, Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, one of our friends says, sometimes women are treated like th- throw pillows. You know, yeah. they're they're nice, but they're not necessary. Oh, yes. They're pretty to have around yeah. the church. I mean, if, but, you, if yeah. you have one. If you have one. Yeah. But wow. what God is saying in Genesis 2 is this is really bad. You know, that's what that not good means there. Yeah. This cannot be that mm-hmm. the man would be alone. Mm-hmm. And so that means she's necessary. And what we see in Genesis, as God creates the woman from Adam's side, presents her to him, his first exclamation is, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He'd been presented animals before. They're not the same flesh. Hmm. 
What he's saying there is not, this is someone different than me. He's saying, this person is the same as me. She has the same nature as me. And then Moses adds, this is the reason that a man will leave his father and mother and cling to or bond with his wife, and they will be one flesh. And it's interesting because in in the culture of that day, it wasn't the the man who left his family. The woman left her family and came to be part of his. And I think we get a glimpse of the gospel right there, that this man is going to be willing to leave his family, the protection and security of a family, to pursue unity with his wife Mm. for the sake of cooperating together in this creation mandate that God has given them. And that's what it ought to look like today, Mm. that as brothers and sisters or husbands and wives, we ought to be willing to sacrifice for the sake of unity. I mean, that's even what Paul says to husbands. Lay down your lives because she's your flesh. And we want to sacrifice for the sake of being unified as brothers and sisters to cooperate together in fulfilling the great commission of Christ. Yeah, I tell you, I want to get into that conversation about marriage next. We don't have time right now, but just listening to you two and even Anne, as a husband and as a man, I have a vision in my mind of women totally different. Honestly, I think I already had this vision. I understood Ezra. I've studied that, you know, from the journey Anne talked about from when we thought it was just helper and help Mm. meet and to that equal partner and confidant. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that just I saw a vision of women being so valuable and worthy that I don't ever want to look at Anne any. When you said throw pillow, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that has been so often what we've done. And you have just given us God's vision for men and women mm. from Philippians 2. What a perfect place to start to say, well, and it starts give with it all away. Surrender. Yeah. Mm. And have you done that? Have I done that? Because it's something that we don't just do one time, but it's an act mm. of obedience of doing it over and over. Jesus, I lay down my life for you today. And how do you want to use me today? to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. 
You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.